Hey, you guys, this is Sharice Hurst, and welcome to The Ambitious Agent, where you will hear information that you can apply today that's going to aid you in building a successful insurance business. Let's go. Hey, guys, my name is Sharice Hurst, and today I just want to talk to you a little bit about how I got started in the Medicare business 14 years ago. Well, actually 12 years ago. So 14 years ago is when I decided that I wanted to try my hand at selling insurance. The first type of insurance that I sold was with Aflac. So for those of you who may not know, there's supplemental insurance like cancer policies and hospital indemnity policies. And, and uh, 12, well, 14 years ago, we did that by mostly approaching uh, businesses. So I did thousands and thousands of cold calls to businesses. And I'll tell you, one thing that I learned from my time at Aflac, which I think was about two, two and a half years, was it's so important to know when it's time to leave. It's so important to not only know it, but to act on it. When something is no longer serving you, when it's no longer a good fit for you, when it's time to leave and how how to not let the loyalty that you may have to someone there hold you back. That's what I found happened to me. The person that trained me, who I love to death, I was so loyal to her. And loyalty was really big with her that I wasn't loyal to myself. And for years, that business just wasn't working for me. And I was miserable. I gave it my all. And um, I mean, finally, I decided that enough was enough. I was just up and I just quit. And that's one thing that I've taken with me from from, for years is that it's so important to know when your time at this place is up. Um, And and because, you know, folks may want you to stay somewhere. It may not be your zone of genius, but they want you to stay for other reasons, loyalty, maybe it's more beneficial to them. Maybe they think you can make it work, whatever. But we have to keep in mind, this is our lives, right? And whatever choices we make, we're going to have to pay for that, whether it's good or bad. And not the person that we're trying to remain loyal to or that we don't want to let down. So that's something that I want to mention for those of you who may need to hear that. So I decided that I was going to give Medicare a try. A friend of mine told me that she was going to try it. She explained a little bit to me. I say, well, heck, yeah, I'm going to do it. And and of course, you guys know how we do. Oh, this should be easy. You know, folks got to get Medicare at 65 and most of the plans don't cost anything. I ought to be able to slap that plan in front of them. And they say, well, where do I sign? (laughs) Ha. site definitely was not easy. So when I started with Medicare, I was a captive agent to one company. The first thing that I realized was that there was no real organized training. I mean, sure, there were trainings, right? There were plenty of product trainings. My goodness, product training after product training. And there were event trainings on, you know, how to set up an event. And back then we had to Um, Whether it was a marketing event or an educational event, you know, we had to put it into the system for CMS. So they had trainings on how to do that. Um, But those trainings really weren't enough. Um, The product trainings, it's like, yeah, it's great to go over the products over and over again, but I'm going to need a little bit more than that to be successful in the business. I also found that whenever I would go to my regional manager or some of the others, 
you know, because of the fact that a lot of the regional managers haven't really spent any real time in the field, not all, not all, but a lot haven't spent any real time in the field. You know, Medicare is a complicated business, guys, and it takes years just to master it. And it's easy to hypothetically tell someone how something should work when they're sitting in front of the client. But yeah, it's a whole different animal to be in front of the client and try to explain something to them and answer their questions and make it work. So I found that I, I love my regional managers, all of them, that they not really spent a lot of time in the field. And man, it was a lot of questions I would ask you guys that they simply just didn't even know the answer to. So that kind of made things rough for me, too. Um, the company that I started with, they were dual focused. So they were major, mainly pushing the dual plans uh, for those that have both Medicare and Medicaid. And what I found was that kind of crippled me some, right? Because most of our trainings were on the dual, the different dual plans that they had. And you guys know the dual plans, in my opinion, were the easiest, not always easy, but the easiest to explain because, heck, everything was zero until you got to the additional benefits that they got at, at zero cost. So it was like, oh, it's zero, 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 zero. Then you get this for dental, you get this for glasses, you get, you know, gym membership. So when AEP would roll around and it's time for me to sit in front of somebody who only has Medicare and not Medicaid. Oh my God, I was so intimidated. I would get so much anxiety before AEP started because I didn't know what how to explain what a maximum out of pocket was. No dual had ever asked before because it was zero back then. And if someone wanted to talk about a supplement, oh my goodness, I almost passed out because I, I, we, I never had to really explain those before. I had never really studied those before. So AEP was really a rough time for me. Uh, another, another thing that was really a gift and a curse is that um, the director that we had was wonderful. We had a wonderful lead system set in place. So we were getting appointments like crazy. However, when he got promoted in two years, the new director was like, oh, no, we're not giving y'all leads. So then... Not only was I still trying to learn a product and how to just be a good sales agent, I did not know how to go out there and get business for myself. So, of course, I turned to folks that work there, you know, that we're supposed to turn to to help put strategies together and whatnot. And it was fine. They helped me put some strategies together. But I'll tell you guys what. Over the years, I wasted so much money doing mailers, purchasing leads buying food and giveaways for bingos at 55 and up apartment communities, sitting in retail stores like Walmart, Kroger, Walgreens. Oh my goodness. I wasted so much time and money doing those things because while it worked some of the time, it didn't work all of the time. I just wasn't consistently generating the business that I needed to pay my bills, much less help me reach the amount of renewals that I wanted to get. Because, I mean, of course, that's all of our goal is to have a good renewal base coming in. 
And oftentimes when I would talk with folks who worked at the different insurance companies or FMOs about what to do to generate more business, I just kept hearing the same things, which were mostly, you know, working the retail stores and going to 55 and up apartment communities. What I found was after a while going to the 55 and up apartment communities and you're bringing food and you're bringing giveaways to entice people to come. A lot of times they wouldn't be ready to change plans or maybe there wasn't an SCP so they so that they could change plans. And you try to build a relationship with the community so that you'll have some business at the end of the year. But when I would do the math and I would look at the amount of money I spent the entire year bringing food, bringing giveaways, spending time at this community, and they're asking you to donate toward this and donate toward that. And then I get to the end of the year and I only got a couple of clients and some communities I didn't get any. To me, that just didn't make any sense. And I was putting out more money than I was bringing in. So at that point, you know, I, I, I had to decide. I had to make a decision. I had to either piss or get off the pot. So I decided that I wanted to make this business work and that this business ultimately was my responsibility, not the insurance companies, not the regional managers, and not the FMO. Because I'm an entrepreneur, right? I'm in business for myself. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to really depend on anybody or any company to give me what I needed, that I was going to have to go out there and get it for myself. And I tell you, it took me a good five to seven years in the business to get good. And it should never take anybody that long. I floundered in the business, you guys, for years, for years. I don't I don't consider myself being a good agent. I wrote business and looking back at it, it was bad business. It wasn't good business that was going to stick on the books because it was just pieces that I was missing. It was pieces that I was missing on how to continuously follow up on a, with the client to make sure that I kept them on the books. Pieces that I was missing when it came to adding real value, even after the sale that was going to help keep that client on the books for the long haul. And those were things that I was never really taught. So one of the first things that I did was I worked really hard at understanding the products from front to back. I wanted to be able to sit in front of someone who had Medicare only, and I didn't want there to be not one question that they asked me that I couldn't answer. That took a lot of studying. That took a lot of going to Google. And even twice, I had to just read the evidence of coverage because there's a lot in this summary of benefits, y'all, where it's, it's written out. But it's a lot that it doesn't tell you that's going to affect your client later on when they go to use those benefits. So that was the first thing that I started doing. And then secondly, I wasn't even a good agent when I sat in front of dual clients because there were some objections there, too, that I I just wasn't good at handling. So I was like, OK, you need to get good at being able to sit in front of a dual client, say your piece and and. Go ahead and answer those objections before they even ask as you're explaining the benefits and going through the plans with them. So I worked on putting a great presentation together and I felt like, you know, any duel that I sat in front of, I should be able to make that sale if it was a good fit for the client. So I did that. Then I learned how to explain just Medicare, Medicare one-on-one presentations. I learned how to be great and explain it in layman's terms, and simplify it. 
making it just as short, simple, and sweet as possible. And I worked on my sales skills. I feel like that's a training that we don't have nearly enough in the business. And I don't care how good you know them products. If you don't have good sales skills, you are not going to make that sale. Absolutely not. And so that's one thing, man. It took me years to develop my sales skills because y'all had terrible sales skills. It took years to develop that. So I worked, I worked on just really being good, you know, at sales. And so eventually I moved over from being a captive agent to a broker agent on the broker side. And one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but when you move to a broker side, that FMO was, all right, I'm going to need you to get contracted with this company, this one, this one, this one, this one. And before you know it, you're contracted with like eight to 11 companies. But especially for someone new, especially, does that really make sense? I found that it didn't make sense for me. I found that what really helped me was being a captive agent in the beginning and focusing on one company and learning all their products inside and out and really learning the mechanics of just insurance itself, the insurance chassis, and then building on that foundation. Now, sure, you're going to hear a lot of folks say, well, you're leaving a lot of business on the table. You know, you got to make sure that you're putting folks in the plan that's the best for them. and You need to be contracted with all of the companies so that you can do that. So what I found was that, of course, you're going to leave some business on the table because no one company is going to work for everybody. But before I became broker, I got to the point to where I was doing 100 apps, 120, 140 a year with one company because I really understood that company and their niche inside and out. And I'll tell you, every insurance company out here has a niche, something that, for example, if you're, if you have a client that needs home health, you know, benefits, there are some companies out there where it is their niche. They they go above and beyond to provide home health benefits that other companies just don't provide. Extra benefits that Medicare doesn't pay for, but this particular insurance company does. You know, for those who may need a lot of dental work, you know, they may need implants, this and that. There are some companies out there where that dental is their niche. That's how they get their folks because of their dental benefits. So that's why at the end of every year, we go back to people and we review their plans because their health needs may have changed, right? And this plan may not be a good fit because this is not this company's niche. So when I worked with one company, I really understood their niche. I really knew who the right client was for this company. And those were the folks that I targeted. And yes, I left business on the table, but I got a lot of business too because I really learned the products. I really learned the insurance companies. I really learned the ins and outs. And then I really learned my client. I understood my demographic and my target market. And that's what really helped me with my success. Now, once I moved over to broker, sure, I went on and I got contracted with pretty much all of the companies they had, not all of them. But I chose to only work with two additional companies outside of the one that I had started with that I knew inside and out. So when I added those two additional companies, I knew where to look for the information that I needed to help me understand what their niche was and how their plans worked. I knew, okay, 
what client would now be the best for this company, what client would be the best for this company, like what their situation was and maybe what where they live. I live in Texas. So in different parts of Texas, we have plans that's offered here that may not be offered in other parts of Texas. So then I'm like, okay, this plan is good for folks who live in these counties and their health is like this. And then I was able to add more companies onto that. And I got to the point to where I'm contracted with several companies and it's easy for me to navigate between the different insurance companies and then the different plans to find the one that is the best fit for the person that I'm sitting in front of. But you guys, that was my start to, to selling Medicare. It was definitely not easy. It was rocky. It took me way longer than it should have to become moderately successful in the business. And so the point of these podcasts here today is to provide you guys with information that you can use today, information that that is is relevant to what's going on right now, that's going to help you close sales, and that's going to help you get uh, more business and more folks to sit in front of. So these will be short. 10, 15 minute podcast that you can listen to, information that you can take that's going to help you be a successful agent. I catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.